increasing regulation, market saturation, and rising interest rates. Still think short-term rentals make sense? You're not alone. Join industry experts Bill Faith and Kenny Bedwell as they discuss how you can invest while still staying ahead of the curve, identifying trends before they happen, or blowing them away outright with their insights. This is STRonomics. The podcast is brought to you by Market My STR, the ultimate all-in-one marketing platform for short-term rental hosts. Are you tired of juggling multiple marketing tools? Say goodbye to the hassle and make your life as a host a breeze with Market My STR. Boost your booking rates and increase your revenue in no time with our powerful features. Our platform streamlines your marketing efforts so you can focus on what you do best, providing unforgettable guest experiences. Whether you're a newcomer or a seasoned host, Market My STR has got you covered. Stay connected with your guests using our comprehensive set of communication tools. From custom landing pages to text messages, email marketing, and social media integration, we provide all the tools you need to elevate your short-term rental business. Streamline your operations, enhance your guest experience today. Don't settle for less so we can have it all. Make the switch to MarketMySTR's all-in-one marketing platform and watch your business soar. Visit MarketMySTR.com today to sign up for your free trial. That's MarketMySTR.com. Elevate your short-term rental business with Mark and my STR. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to STRonomics. I'm joined by my good friend, Kenny Bedwell. Today, we're going to be talking about summertime. I love the end of summertime. summertime. <laughs> I don't know how to sing, but I love summertime. Kenny, how was your summer? It was it was good. It's, you know, uh, I, I live in New York, so summer here is, uh, this is the time to tell people I live in New York. <laughs> so it's uh, the weather is always nice rarely gets over like an 85 nice and wind you know it, it was a good summer so yeah but, but when, when you tell most people that like have never been or don't really understand new york when you say i live in new york they think manhattan that's very true they, yeah. they don't think buffalo they don't think the hudson valley saratoga springs you know they don't think oh, about that stuff Central. yeah all the other parts of new york that there are yeah so i, I live good parts yeah, sure. Uh, well, no, there are. I do like uh, upstate New York, and when I say upstate, too, being in New York, there's upstate New York, which is like northern, the mountainous region, Adirondacks. Then you have central New York, which is the Finger Lakes, and then western New York, which is where I live. So people think upstate, and they think everywhere else, and it's like, no, we're west of you. Not you live in the snow belt. I yeah, that's true. I do. So we'll see for how much longer, but <laughs> so Kenny, you you onboarded a brand new property. How was your Watkins Glen summer? Uh, because this was your first summer, correct? No, second no, summer. Second, but yeah. but yeah. it's really well, really through, your yeah. first full summer because I think you purchased your property in April the previous year and then had to get it ready and. So how was your first full summer in Watkins Glen and then your portfolio of owned properties like in Buffalo year over year? Yeah, yeah. So it was different. I, I definitely say there was less demand this year, year over year. And I don't know if it's because there's a few more competitors. When I say a few more, I'm like, there was like one or two more, which is like big for our market. But there was definitely less demand. However, I took a lot more bookings. So last year... I was priced pretty high. My ADR was around like $1,300, but my occupancy was like really, really like kind of short for the extreme summer season, but I missed like a month or two and it was a new property and things were, you know, things went well and it was a, it was still pretty solid this year. On the other hand, since I had kind of that runway 
my entire May, entire June, entire July, like all of August, completely booked out, but at a slightly lower rate. So my ADR went down from about $1,300 a night to about $1,150 a night during the summertime. So, you know, I, I, I actually think this year, and then I, I am putting in the hot tub. So I believe I'll make more money than I did like full, you know, 12 months versus the previous 12 months. But I did notice a dip in ADR because we're having to compete. We're having to compete with other properties in the market. And but that's a minimal to... decrease, right? You're talking like Very four minimal. to five percent on the yeah, I... are you running PLs every month so you can track your profitability June over June, July over July, August over August? Yes, yes. So it's a little because I mean, technically I started that property in June of last year. So I literally can only compare June, July, and then now August. So June and July, year over year are actually, so because I was able to get a lot more bookings in June. So I almost want to like say, I don't count it, but whatever I do, because it is what it is. (laughs) But July, because that was a full month last year was booked. This year was fully booked as well. I'm, I'm actually up a little bit. Believe it or not, even though the ADR overall for the summer is slightly down. So the July was about 10% up, which I was pretty excited about. Did your minimum stay the same or did your minimums increase or decrease this summer versus last summer? Oh, they stay the same three nights. So I got a lot more bookings during the week, which was kind of like, oh, obviously nice. But like I got, so in Watkins Glen, people come obviously for the weekends, like there's races and there's like, you know, whatever during the summertime. And this year I got a few, last year I got a few people who like booked kind of, they booked like uh, almost like a week or two at a time, you know? And so it was, it was, it was pretty nice. But then this year I kind of got like segments and those segments actually added up. So like shorter stays, but they added up to more dollars. Um, and there were like less like orphan dates or gaps in between. And so it was like, I had like a 95% occupancy, whereas last year was like 87. And that like, you know, like days kind of helped me be up by 10%. So it was kind of nice. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So I think it's, it's, it's really interesting about this summer. I thought it was, I think a lot of people thought, and I thought too, it was going to be really bad, you know, this summer compared to 2022 compared to 2021. It's interesting. Well, and, and the last... It- it was bad for certain people. I'll I'll say that because it's and we can get into this, but just don't say demand, Logan, Ohio, and 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 broke and blue. Yeah, the demand is still there. Like there's still people going, and it's actually increased. If we just look at the total dollar amount for demand for bookings, it is actually increased year over year, summer over summer. But what's different? The supply. The supply is different as well. There's a lot more rentals out there in the space. So there's a lot more competition. Therefore, you know, the, the demand supply curve, you know, is that's off or saturation. However, we talked about this in other podcasts. Saturation isn't on a market level. It's on a property to property level. So, Bill, you have super properties. So in my mind, I mean, sure, it's a little bit more work to get the, the bookings at a higher rate. But you'll always be booked first, essentially. That that's my takeaway from it. But go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I think that the demand is it's property level, but it's also bedroom count, yeah. right? I mean, it's it, it's it's it, it's pretty crazy to me. And I think that 
the word saturation is thrown out so much on social media, just like Airbnb bust. There's no bust. The Airbnb bust is for properties that are the wrong bedroom count or the arbitragers or whatever that are in the wrong locations, in my opinion. Not every property I own is a super property, just FYI. I have a couple that are not super properties. And those are the ones that struggled in my portfolio. One I got rid of, I dumped right before summer, my Beach Mountain property. You know, we talk a lot about traffic drivers, Kenny, and it's interesting. My worst performing property from 2022 to 2023 is my only beachfront property in Fort Morgan, Alabama. And there is nothing to drive traffic to that property as outside of the beach. That's it. There's there's nothing, to, there's no parks in Fort Morgan. There's very few restaurants in Fort Morgan. There's no shopping. There's no putt-putt. There's nothing. There's no attraction outside of people that just want to go to the beach. And it's a very nice interior design, three-bedroom, two-bath, beachfront property. It's as close as you can get to the beach. It's awesome. But that was down 11% this year to date, which, as I told you earlier, our summer technically ends this Friday. And I'm booked. I think every one of my properties is booked through uh, this Friday. The ultra peak season going from Memorial Day through this Friday, it's down 11%. My entire portfolio is down around 3% during that ultra peak time. But after I told you that in the last podcast, I just pulled up a couple of numbers. One thing that I didn't factor in, because I actually made a change. You said that you were, I forgot what, you're pretty high occupancy. And I'm wondering what you, if you're trying to sell those open dates on the front end or back end. I assume that you are. Yeah. Well, I made a change and I started selling those as an early check-in when they take the next day, either the, the next day or the previous day. I used to update the the reservation, which I don't do anymore. So now I don't have to pay the fees. And I just mark it as early check-in and, you know, it's 600 bucks or 300 bucks or 800 bucks. But I did portfolio-wide $9,800 on upsells on that early check-in or late checkout. Mm -hmm. Some of those are two hours. Some of them are a full day, you know, that, that get added into there, which brings me to almost even Steven, you know, in 2023 versus twenty. 22, but it's the one property that I have that is not a super property. If you guys don't know what a super property is, Kenny and I talked about it in the last episode, that was 11% down during this ultra peak season. And 11% is pretty significant when that property last year did $112,000 in revenue during that ultra peak time, right? And then this year was down 11%. It's down to like almost 91, 92, 93,000 bucks. So those numbers become, you know, really important. The question becomes, as you mentioned previously, and now is the time. And I think that the summer is going to impact sales. It always does. If somebody has a bad summer, they're looking to dump their, a lot of them are looking to dump their property. But now is the time that we make our money. Now is the time when kids go back to school and we get into the shoulder season and the off season. That's where we're going to end up you know, making our money. And that's where I spend more time trying to make up that Delta. Last year was not great in, you know, the off season or in the winter season, most yeah. places around, around the country. It was really bad um, on the East Coast, specifically in, you know, North Georgia and, you know, Tennessee. I'm talking about Gatlinburg. I'm talking about Western North Carolina, Beach Mountain, Sugar Mountain, because we didn't have any snow. Snowshoe, West Virginia, 
all of those places that were not in Vermont, were not in Maine that got snow, Newry and those types of places, it was a horrible winter for us. So I think if you look at year over year and you've already prepared or are preparing for fall and winter marketing now, um, I think you might, you potentially could outperform, you know, what you did last year. If we get snow in those markets. Now the beach markets are a whole nother animal, you know, going into uh, this off season. But I look at, when I look at summer, even though that one property, my little dragonfly property was down to, for, to essentially break even in 2023 versus 2022, that's a win, you know, for me. And that's only properties that are year over year. You can't really compare new properties in this type of analysis uh, that you're looking at. But it, it shows me that I need to work harder smarter and find new ways for customer acquisition, guest acquisition strategies from a sales and marketing standpoint, going through the fall and into the winter months. My Buffalo properties are down about 15%. Year to date or just during the summer period? Uh, well, yeah, I guess year to date, but the summer period too, we got rocked as well, pretty equally as bad. So there's a lot more last minute bookings. And so that's why like, I've been really like this some like midway as is like June, I started really trying to focus hone in on this. Like, so what was going on is I'm like, man, I should be booked right now. It's like two weeks before. And I've got like no bookings, you know, and that's where most people freak out. Right. And uh, I'm like two weeks. Like I last year I was booked like month, month, two months out, like, you know, and so I'm like, what's going on here. So I started dropping my prices and like a week before, Three days before, boom, booking comes in, boom, booking comes in, boom, booking comes in. And I'm like, <laughs> I realized that the habit, like people are just last minute booking. It's not that people aren't coming, they're just last minute booking. And so they were getting my property at a discount. And so now what I'm doing is kind of holding out till about a week before, and then I'll start lowering the rates a little bit and lowering them a little bit and then seeing if I get the booking. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that, that hit me about, you know, 10, 15%. And uh, just this summer on certain, and you know, certain properties in Buffalo, but all of them are down year to date for sure. I mean, this winter was, was uh, tough. I, January was the first month ever. I did not break even on my Buffalo portfolio, which wow. I was shocked. I lost money. And I was like, I, that I was like, I need to start marking. Like things have changed significantly in this market. And I need to start putting like, a hundred percent in, or I'm just going to lose money on this or and get, I need to get out. So, and I decided to, I was like, you know what, I'm going to commit and I'm going to start marketing more. I'm going to start keeping track of my listings and optimizing them, hiring VAs, scrvas.com. Uh, and, uh, using that to help me, you know, leverage and take off some of the workload of this, you know, and, and help me like kind of with the pricing strategy. But even then we still have to adjust. We still have to adjust based on what the market's doing and learn new strategies and constantly, you know, update what we're doing to stay ahead. So this fall, I mean, I don't really expect this year. Like I, I think I'll remain 10 to 15% down on that portfolio in Buffalo. Maybe I, I don't, we'll see how the fall goes. I'm a little bit nervous about it, but yeah, normally, normally I'm like kind of booked up in my October and November for weddings, but there's hardly anything. So I don't know if people aren't getting married or they're choosing other places or what's going on. So I got to figure it out. But, uh, I've ramped up that marketing because things are getting tougher. And I know there's a lot more competition in my area. I don't think it's like that great, but there's just a lot more options for people too. So, 
So I think you you said a couple of things that I want to unpack at the beginning of, of that statement. And you said that you lowered pricing and then you saw that people were booking later. So then you held off like at the two week period, the three week period, moved that to like a week in advance period. And I think that's some that goes back to, you know, kind of the research, you know, component, right? A lot of people don't understand their booking lead time. It's not good enough just to open up the app and look at it in Airbnb. You need to track that on a monthly basis, in my opinion. Um, well, and and, for, sorry, turn here. Like the booking, that's your booking lead time for your property. So yeah. you need to know what the market is doing too. So you can see that in price labs. You can see that in, you know, other data providers as well. Uh, so like, it's not just, you know, your booking lead time, but the booking lead time of the market as well. Correct. But the, yeah. my point is, is I think people just look at one number, right? They don't track it by property. They're not keeping up to date with it, you know, on a weekly or every 30 day basis. And their, their information can be stagnant to be honest with you, mm -hmm. especially when you, you like, I'll just use beach markets cause it's the summer, you know, I, I'm used to 70 days, 90 days lead time, you know, in years past, you know, going into the ultra peak season. The second part of this is, is as that lead time shrinks as it has for everybody, you need to be a hundred percent self-aware on the true value of your property. And what I mean by that is, do you have a super property or do you have a, a regular property? So as I talk about the one property I had that was down my, my little dragonfly, it's a beachfront property. I had 20% discount for bookings in the last five days, 20%. Mm -hmm. It started, it was 10% at 10 days. It was 15% at seven days. And it went to 20% at five days because that is not a super property just because it's beachfront and it's interior designed by my wife. And it's amazing. Does not make it a super property. Whereas I had two cancellations on my number one property, similar market that non-super properties in Fort Morgan, Alabama, the super property is in Gulf Shores, Alabama. I had two cancellations. Both of them I got paid 50% for late cancels in the summer. One was like 9,000 bucks. Another one was like $7,500. They were both in July, which was just blew me away. And I always make a promise to my guests that if I can rebook it at full value, I will give the previous guest a full refund. So I jacked up pricing and I went from like $1,800 a night to $2,100 a night because I know that's a super property. The lead time is different on that property than it is on the regular property, right? And I put no discount at all and I actually increased pricing. I didn't get to this point, but instead of going 10%, 15%, 20% reduction, I went 10%, 15%, 20% price increase because I know people are going to be looking for a six bedroom, four bath pool, cabanas, all that type of shit for the last minute bookers that'll come in. And one of the ways that you can see that is by is tracking pacing, seeing what's available, you know, what's currently booked at what price range. And lo and behold, Kenny, both of those properties got rebooked. I think one was within the 10 days. The other one was probably inside of seven mm -hmm. days at premium pricing because I was aware enough to know that property was such high demand. Now, I can't say that if I didn't have that deposit already that was relinquished that I might have... I, would have had enough balls to stick with that, that, uh, that strategy, but there's no way I could implement. So what I want everybody to understand is the self-awareness of having a good property or regular property, whether that bedroom count falls into a saturated market or it doesn't. And the super high demand property, they have to be treated differently. 
because those are two opposite end of the spectrum pricing strategies during the summer on two completely separate properties, same market, but completely different demand. Yeah, I like it. I like it. So, all right, I got, I got the head nod. That means we're done. We're out. Of- yeah. Well, I, I, I think we do need a little bit of a wrap up here. I mean, first off, everyone listening, if you have short term rentals on it, your short term rentals for the summer, look at how they did portfolio wise, you know, year over year or just how you did this summer. Start tracking it because, you know, this was probably your peak season. So, you need to know how that did for you individually um, by property, by portfolio. So, you can track that in the future as well and compare it to past seasons if, if the property's been around. So understand what's going on and then learn from it, make adjustments, you know, and, and push on. So, I, I mean, I've, there's a few things I've learned this summer that I will probably have to implement next summer for sure as the market starts to settle back down to reality. And if you don't have time to do the research uh, that we, Kenny and I just talked about, if you don't have time to do the marketing or it's not in your genius zone, you don't have those skill sets then head on over to our sponsor for this podcast. It's strvas.com and you can hire at extremely affordable rates, virtual assistants that have been trained in specific skill sets. So that way you can get the marketing, the content creation, you can get the guest messaging, you can get the research, the pricing strategy, the bookkeeping, whatever you need. Don't just hire a VA, hire one that has super skills that you need to get to that next level. Thanks for joining us on this episode of STRonomics. Kenny, we'll see you next time, my friend. See you, Bill. See you guys. Thank you for listening to STRonomics. Stay ahead of the curve and subscribe today. This podcast is a hospitality.fm production.